E3 is back and finally underway after about 700 days since the last official E3 event. The festivities kicked off on Thursday with Jeff Keighley and the Summer Game Fest. Now, the early portions of the official E3 are now completed and in the books, while the rest of the event is still in progress. So here is our recap for the early portion of E3 that ranges from Thursday to Saturday with a few things that caught our attention just a little bit more. This week on the Video Games Podcast. In what essentially kicked off the week of announcements, EA and DICE have finally revealed their next iteration in the long-running Battlefield franchise after a hiatus of three years since the release of Battlefield V in 2018. Now, although fans were only treated to cinematic trailer, it was nearly five minutes long, it set the tone for Battlefield, and many outlets had deeper information if you wanted to find out just a little bit more. The two major takeaways from the information that EA answered is that there won't be a battle royale, at least at launch, and that there is no campaign. Now, both of these decisions are very interesting and bold. However, the decision that I find just a little bit bolder is that the game won't be shipping with a battle royale mode, which still feels like one of the biggest markets on the planet. There's games like Warzone, Apex, and PUBG that are still doing great numbers, with EA announcing how well Apex has been doing at their last earnings report, Activision reporting how well Warzone has been doing with in-game purchases, making up about 60% of the company's revenue, and PUBG developing a mobile sequel and a console PC sequel. There is likely a battle royale in development or something very similar, especially considering that EA stated that Battlefield 2042 will have three pillars. All Out Warfare, which this series has become known for with modes like Conquest, Hazard Zone, which is a squad-based high-stakes mode that was clarified is not a battle royale, and finally... The third pillar, which is developed by DICE LA, that is going to be revealed at EA Play in July. DICE LA is the studio that is being led by Vince Zampella, who is the founder of Respawn Entertainment, who have made some of the best shooters in history from his time creating the original Modern Warfare Infinity Ward to Respawn creating fresh experiences with Titanfall and the class-based battle royale Apex Legends. Zampella is definitely the right person to lead this studio. The idea that whatever the studio is working on as a third pillar is enough to devote a lot of time from EA Play towards it is very promising. Now, EA calls this mode a love letter to fans. The game will be launching on both current gen and previous gen consoles. However, the older consoles will only have matches with 64 players, while the newer consoles and PC will support 128 players per match. Now, the game features specialists that have certain gadgets that are exclusive to that operator, which does sound very similar to Black Ops 3. Battlefield 2042 will be launching October 22nd and October 15th for members of EA Access. While there will likely be a lot of potential buyers that are off-put by the lack of campaign and likely won't purchase, EA has definitely not made this decision lightly as they ran the numbers thoroughly. They have seen how many people play the single-player portion for how long, how long they play the multiplayer portion, and how much they spend inside of that ecosystem. Now, the hope is that with all of the resources, including taking Criterion off Need for Speed for the year, that this will be the best Battlefield yet. 
There has also already been a precedent of a large publisher not including a single-player mode with the release of Black Ops 4. Activision reported that Black Ops 4 was the best-selling game of the year. In its first three days, it also grossed over $500 million, which likely didn't cover development and marketing combined. Now, According to GameRant, Black Ops 4 is the 15th best-selling COD game with only 3.5 million copies sold. It was also built around the same three-pillar mode with multiplayer zombies and Blackout Battle Royale. Now, there is mixed results in this data, and clearly EA is taking a risk, but they didn't become the company that they are without doing their research. Without a doubt, one of the more highly anticipated announcements that people, at least hardcore gamers, have been waiting for was the next From Software title. The hype for this game seemed higher and higher considering that it has only been about two years since it was first revealed. And in the gaming sphere, two years is not a long time to wait for a game. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was originally announced in 2014 in what looked to be a fairly complete state with a release in 2015 scheduled, but that didn't come out until 2017. The last title delivered by From Software and the mind of Miyazaki was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice that was released only in 2019. And when you also account for the global pandemic, it really hasn't been that long since their last game. Elden Ring will see the studio return to publisher Bandai Namco after Sekiro was published by Activision. I am curious as to why the studio began working with Activision in the first place and why they didn't return for the publishing of Elden Ring. I am not the expert on From Software titles, and I have typically enjoyed their more recent releases with Bloodborne and Sekiro. Elden Ring looks more like an evolution instead of a revolutionary change from the previous From Software titles, and it would have been nice to see From Software try something a little bit different. But this isn't necessarily a bad thing, as most of their recent titles have been at the minimum critical successes with cult followings, and likely have been commercial successes in their own right, at least enough to generate sequels and spin-offs. The first impression of the trailer was that the combat looked very similar to Sekiro, which was very fast and very fluid, with a likely new emphasis on open-world traversal, as we can see the main character summon and ride a horse for a large part of the trailer. Visually, From Software looks to be creating another fantastic world full of life and lore that artistically stands on its own. Sadly though, the game is going to be released on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, which means that it won't have a development that is focused on pushing the envelope forward technically, but the art design should more than make up for that. Elden Ring is also one of the first titles to stake their claim for a 2022 release, which seems reasonable, and if the title does get delayed, I would only expect to see it delayed until the end of March 2022, as that would be the end of the fiscal quarter for Bandai Namco, who is publicly traded. Most From Software titles of recent memory have been published by Bandai Namco, which means that a good relationship would lead to transparency between the two companies about realistic timeframes. Sekiro was also released in the early part of the year on March 22, 2019, and From Software likely enjoyed more of a spotlight with typically less releases in the early parts of the year. Now, releasing early in the year didn't affect awards as Sekiro still picked up a lot of accolades, including Game of the Year from the Game Awards.
Ubisoft Forward felt a little underwhelming, with most of the announcements being about their live service games, and as I predicted, crossplay was announced for Rainbow Six Siege for more than just cloud platforms. However, there is a large caveat that crossplay won't actually be between PC and consoles, but only between Xbox and PlayStation, which is sad that they couldn't figure out some solution to aim assist or make it only available for casual matchmaking. It also won't be available until early 22, which is a long time from now in the gaming world when there will be a lot of new experiences that will be offered with full crossplay between all platforms. There were two announcements that stood out from the rest, and the first is that Rainbow Six Quarantine has been officially renamed Rainbow Six Extraction, and it will be available in early September. This title, since it's not PvP, will feature full crossplay. Now, I had higher hopes for this title than what was shown at Ubisoft Forward, considering that Rainbow Six experimented with this mode during their Outbreak event back in March of 2018, the trailer fell a little short. Three years is a long time in development, especially when it is being built off an existing engine, universe, and mechanics. The Extraction trailer gave off vibes from the original Halo Infinite reveal during Microsoft's big showcase in 2020, which drew ire of many fans due to how the visuals and gameplay looked dated. Now, visually, Extraction looked dull, lacked detail, and personality to set it apart from the shooter crowd. And considering that Extraction will be released within about a month of Back for Blood, a similar PvE co-op shooter coming from a studio who basically formed the genre... I think it's going to be hard for Ubisoft to gain traction with this title. Now, there is nothing about Rainbow Six Extraction that said 2021 to me. One of the few surprises of Ubisoft Forward that wasn't about their live service games was the eventually expected sequel to Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Since the original was released in August 2017, which would fall in the launch window of the Switch, there could be the possibility that gamers were just hungry for anything new on the hybrid console. Kingdom Battle reviewed well with an average review score of 85, and sales were great. According to Ubisoft, as of June 2021, Kingdom Battle has sold over 7.5 million copies, putting it in the upper echelon of Switch titles concerning sales and easily puts it in the top 20 best-selling games on the Nintendo Switch. The sequel, Sparks of Hope, is due out in 2022, and time will tell if the success of the original was either based on the quality of the title, or if it was more of a right-time, right-place situation. The cinematic and short gameplay trailer didn't show much, but from the snippets that were seen, Sparks of Hope looks to follow in the footsteps of Kingdom Battle, with the Roomba still leading the way. As many as the original sold, and as big of a platform that Ubisoft Forward is, I think there was another tactics game that garnered more interest. One of the more pleasant surprises from the opening night of Summer Game Fest with Jeff Keighley was the announcement of Metal Slug Tactics, a blend of the classic run-and-gun franchise infused into a grid-based tactics game that looks something along the lines of Into the Breach. Almost everyone has a fondness of some sorts for Metal Slug as the franchise has been around for almost 30 years, with the first release coming in 1996 for the Neo Geo Arcade. The Metal Slug series is no stranger to exploring other genres. Since 1996, including original entries, spin-offs, and compilations, there have been almost 20 entries. Metal Slug has ventured into third-person shooters and tower defense, so seeing the series attempt a tactics-based game shouldn't come as that big of a surprise. 
Comparing Metal Slug tactics to Into the Breach might be more than just visually, as it will also incorporate roguelike elements that will keep battle layouts unpredictable and ensuring clashes are won through strategy and not memorization as the company says. And as with other roguelikes, this should make the game infinitely replayable and constantly challenging. The great news is that Metal Slug Tactics is being published by .mu who have been behind some great retro-inspired games such as Windjammers, Streets of Rage 4, and the upcoming TMNT Shredder's Revenge. .mu has either been behind these titles as a publisher or a developer or both in some cases. But for Metal Slug Tactics, it appears to only be in the publisher role, but it does bode well for the success of the title to have the company .mu behind it. As much of a pleasant surprise as the announcement was, the downside is that Metal Slug Tactics is currently only announced for PC when it seems like it would be a perfect fit for consoles, especially the Nintendo Switch. Now, if you were to read between the lines, the likelihood of Metal Slug Tactics coming to at least some consoles is high because .mu has a history with those games and most of their other games by bringing these titles to consoles like the Nintendo Switch. The announcement will likely be saved for a Nintendo Indie World presentation. Metal Slug Tactics is currently slated for a 2021 release. That's all for the Video Games Podcast for this week. Those were some of the highlights of the early portions of E3, and on the next episode, we will take a deeper look at the Microsoft Bethesda presentation, the Nintendo Direct, and a few other presentations. Now, if you enjoyed the show, Consider subscribing if you haven't already, and as always, remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.